This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3122 for Tuesday the 21st of July 2020. Today's show is entitled, Devuan Review and Commentary. It is hosted by Zen Floater 2, and is about 35 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, Devuan Review plus I talk about race. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Well, it's uh, been a while since I've uh, made a an audio, uh, just a few days, and I noticed an open slot <coughs> was available, and so I thought I'd try to take that. I decided uh, that I would um, put DevOne, uh, replace Linux Mint with DevOne on the uh, Lenovo IdeaPad, and I think I made a good choice because DevOne is much faster than uh, Linux Mint or any of the Ubuntu-based products, performance-wise. DevOne reminds me the most of OpenBSD's philosophy in that the install allowed me to create a completely encrypted install. There's no boot partition to examine as there would be with Slackware or something else. I mean, they set it up to um, encrypt all of it. Um, They use the Grub bootloader to decrypt the boot partition and uh, from there you decrypt your root file system and the whole thing's uh, encrypted which I think is great which is how you do it in OpenBSD you use BioControl to encrypt the entire drive you have no boot partition or anything for them to look at nothing Uh, they wouldn't know uh, if there was an operating system installed on there or not uh, other than uh, the boot block that would come up on the screen when the BIOS grabbed it and put it up on the screen for you. The other thing that's uh, cool is uh, in one of my podcasts, uh, one of my listeners told me that they made a flat pack out of uh, Firefox and Chromium, and I installed the flat pack of Firefox, and I'm liking it. I mean, it's it's pretty nice. Um, it also, when you install the corn shell, puts it in the bin directory like it should be with OpenBSD, so... I can use a lot of my corn shell scripts over here. And um, I, I am liking it. It's nice. It's it's a lot faster than the Ubuntu-based products. Very performant. And um, I'm happy with it. We're having a little trouble with the internet tonight. I don't know what happened, but uh, there's been a disruption and the internet is down. So I'm using a um, an auxiliary internet uh, access through a cell phone this evening to um, watch videos and um, post recordings such as this. 
Well, anyway, uh, I thought I would take some time to um, discuss the state of the nation of the United States of America. As you know, we've had a lot of things happen to us in 2020. 2020 has been a very traumatic year. Um, a lot of disasters come down the pike. And um, COVID-19 was how we started the year um, with the um, the people being forced to wear masks and maintain social spacing and stay home uh, whenever possible. Um COVID-19 is a, an extreme threat to older Americans such as myself, even though uh, I'm not horribly worried about it. Uh, I still go to the grocery store and, and uh, go out and buy my gasoline and go to restaurants and do everything. We've, we had a period of time when everything was closed down for a while and then they opened back up. And uh, now you can go in and, and eat at a restaurant. Uh, they've created social spacing distance at the restaurants where they mark off every other table so that you're always six feet away from your, your nearest patron. And so that cuts the uh, number of people that they can serve in half, which still hurts the restaurant's profitability, unfortunately. And that's too bad. Uh, it really is too bad. So, uh, anyway, then we had, uh, the death of George Floyd uh, a black man from, um, I believe it was uh, Louise. No, it was from uh, Houston. He was from the Fifth Ward um, who moved to Minneapolis. And um, they had him on video being wrestled to the ground by three officers, putting a knee to his chest. And uh, eventually, uh, during that process, his life ended, unfortunately. And we had huge protests over that. Minneapolis was largely burned to the ground. Uh, they created a chaz. Some of the Antifa BLM protesters created this chaz thing in Seattle, Washington. The Antifa members in Portland were highly active. They even had a group here in Oklahoma City that uh, became active, and they were all arrested, and they're going to be tried, and each one of them, I think, is going to get 22 years in, in the penitentiary for doing what they did. Uh, Oklahoma's totally unlike um, Washington or Oregon or Minnesota in that they're absolutely not going to put up with that nonsense. You know, it's, but um, most importantly, um, you know, as a former Bernie Sanders supporter, um, I'm always somewhat encouraged when people try to take over things and start their own government. It's just that in this case, um, unfortunately, BLM ended up killing more black U.S. citizens than the police did this year, which is what caused them to riot. Or killing other citizens as well. I mean, there was more loss of life um, in this event. Not necessarily black life, but more loss of life than the police have taken all year. And they did not form any kind of new government. The Chaz is over with. It's been taken down. There's been no civil war or talk of it in the United States of America because of this. And frankly, the Watts riots in the 1960s, which I remember, and um, also um, Rodney King from the 90s, was probably far more serious than uh, what we saw with the George Floyd incident. 
And I still scratch my head wondering why people get so triggered over certain ones and not others. Because, you know, the police have uh, killed other Americans, certainly between now and Rodney King, uh, for instance. Uh, they did, uh, uh, the young man in Ferguson here recently, um, and I, I had his name at the, uh, on the top of my brain. I, I think of him frequently, but the 19-year-old kid from Ferguson, Missouri, uh, who lost his life over stealing a pack of cigarettes and roughing up a white woman. Just just so you all know, I'm part Native American, so I'm not all Caucasian. But uh, I am on Gab, and I, I follow and listen to the right wing quite a bit, being from the state of Oklahoma. Even though I'm an atheist and a former Bernie Sanders supporter, I... I keep in touch with the people that I interface with. You know, if you're in Vietnam, you keep in touch with the Viet Cong. If you are in Oklahoma, you keep in touch with the right wing. You you keep in touch with whoever it is uh, who's the major player in the neighborhood. Just to find out what's on their mind. And uh, for quite some time on Gab, uh, at least the last three years, I've heard a lot of neo-Nazis talking about building ethnostates. And I'm bringing this up because it's important that we have this conversation tonight because something very special and unique has happened that affects me directly as a part Native American. And you need to be informed of it as well because you could lose your life this year because of this subject. This year or the next. It's not going to take them long to get going. But you need to be advised of this. And this could even affect Europe. It could affect China. It could affect Canada. It could affect everywhere. But the worst possible outcome has just occurred for the United States of America that I I could ever see in my lifetime. Uh, It's just happened. And um, it may lead to civil war. And I'll, I'll fill you out and explain, but... The neo-Nazis, again, from Gab, would always talk about creating a ethnostate. In other words, they wanted to carve out like maybe a chunk of Montana, Idaho, um, Colorado, Wyoming, and make that an all-white area. In other words, only whites live there. No one else can live there. And I was surprised to see during the BLM protests that in separate sections in New York City, which is deteriorating and falling apart before our very eyes, Uh, The black community is now hollering at uh, the government there to bring the police force back because the crime rate is just going through the ceiling. A lot of looting, burning, and killing going on Um, across the nation. Chicago's horribly bad. Minneapolis is still suffering. Uh, It's quieting down in Seattle and Portland thanks to the mayor's finally regaining consciousness. We even had an incident in St. Louis, as I recall, a couple of attorneys had to pull out guns and chase some people out of their gated community, and they're going to be brought up on charges. Michael Brown, that was the name of the young man I was thinking of in Ferguson. I I knew his name, but for some reason, you know, when you're old and you start doing a recording for Hacker Public Radio, you forget key parts of the information, so just ride along with me. Anyway, getting back to an ethnostate, yeah, I was surprised to see that various groups of the Antifa and BLM contingents were hollering that they wanted to create an ethnostate for the black community. And so, this is the second public call that I've seen for segregation. Now, 
I, I have not said this before on Hacker Public Radio, but I'll just let you know, as a child, I lived in a segregated neighborhood in Tulsa. It was all white, but they had Native Americans in the neighborhood. There were Native Americans all around me. So the whites and Native Americans pretty much lived in the same area, but there were no blacks. And I always found that's quite mysterious. Anyway, at age seven or eight, I can't remember when, it was a long time ago, I finally met my first black person. And uh, I didn't know anything about blacks other than what I saw on TV and heard over the radio. And he was, uh, it, it just shocked me that I, I, someone looked like that. And I made the stupid comment asking the man if he'd been burned in a fire or something, because that's how I thought he got black. And I'm, I'm being genuinely serious with you. I mean, that's, that's how isolated uh, I was as a child from the whole of America, if you will. Of course, you know, later on with Vietnam and everything else, that certainly got changed a lot, didn't it, boys and girls? I mean, uh, um, <clears throat> but I care to say that probably very few of you, if not none of you, who are on Hacker Public Radio ever lived in a truly segregated society. Uh, whoever listened to the radio and television accounts of Eisenhower sending airborne into Arkansas to desegregate the school system back when there were strict boundaries between white and black communities. And so I hear these two calls now from neo-Nazis and other right-wingers and also finally BLM and others for resegregation because they feel that segregation will solve the problem. So that's the subject for tonight's discussion because something really huge has happened while BLM and all these various protests for Michael Brown and Ferguson uh, Rodney King the Watts riots and there have been a few I've, I've obviously forgot a few it's amazing that since the Watts riots we waited all the way to Rodney King before we saw another Riot, And that's mainly because most of the black community then was post-Vietnam, like I was. And they're just not into that crap. You know, we've already fought a war. They're not going to start burning down houses and firing guns. You know, they're all adults. And they realize the score. And, uh, you know, there's some sanity to that community that we don't have today of former draftees, former slaves, if you will, of the United States of America, such as I was, you know, you literally get made a slave yourself and sent overseas. Well, there was uh, apparently another criminal action. Uh, some Native American uh, in the southern part of the state of Oklahoma, and I, I haven't pulled up the story and read all of it, but I've just heard accounts, bits and pieces over various newscasts that this Native American apparently had sex with a, a minor, and he was some sort of a pedophile, and um, the state of Oklahoma was going to prosecute him and throw him in McAllister. Well, his case ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court. And in a surprise decision um, from the arguments of his defense team, they discovered that the Treaty of 1866 with the five civilized tribes that was established between the five civilized tribes in the United States of America, the United States government, is null and void. And therefore, the state of Oklahoma does not have a right to prosecute this man because they have no territory. They had no right to take over Indian territory, and the Indian territory has been marked off, and there are maps of it. 
and a little over half of Oklahoma has fallen back into Native American control. And the state of Oklahoma has been essentially dissolved, except for the western part of the state. Uh, the government has been taken out of power by the Supreme Court. And the, the people that voted on this were all of the liberal judges of the Supreme Court, with Justice John Roberts being the deciding vote in their favor. John Roberts is a man I've noticed who follows the letter of law and legal principle. He's a man of principles. He's not a man that thinks very deeply, apparently, but he's a man of principles. I'll just put it that way, you know, trying to be kind about it. So what's happened is in the coming years, the next year or two, or probably no more than five years, you're going to watch the state of Oklahoma uh, disappear for us. We'll no longer be Oklahomans. They won't be able to tax us anymore. There will be no Ohio Patrol running on our streets anymore. And the Native American authorities will take over. Now, you might ask, why am I panicking? Well, I'm not really panicking. I'm not panicking because I am Native American. I just don't happen to be a part of any of the tribes that are of the original five civilized tribes because Oklahoma is made up of actually 2022-some-odd tribes altogether. And uh, they're scattered throughout the state. There's Comanches here, Apaches, uh, you name it. it. The Chickasha, Choctaw, Creek, uh, Pawnee, uh, Cherokee, you know, the main tribes, uh, they're still here. They're the ones that are the large landowners and uh, the rest of these are just in form only. I actually came from a Native American tribe that was a part Plains Indian associated with Pawnee. So uh, that's my background. And uh, on the Caucasian side of me, it's part Irish and uh, part Prussian because uh, my Germanic family came to America before the Civil War. So... There was no Germany before 1890. So if you hear somebody that's saying that they have German roots and their family came before 1890, you can pretty well tell them that they're wrong. You're Prussians. You're not Germans. Just to be technically accurate. That was a completely different country. Prussia was. It was a much larger country. Uh, anyway, moving on. Just to give you an idea of what Indian government is like between these five civilized tribes that are the large landholders, uh, you know, in their elections, you have to be a certain percentage Native American and be a part of their tribe to vote for certain positions. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to change that or not, but from the initial sounds of it, basically we won't be allowed to vote anymore. Now that be, should be a big shock to most people. But the more I think about it, under white rule with the state of Oklahoma and the oil companies and everything, and all the oligarchs running the state anyway, we never really had much of a say-so in the state anyway. I mean, uh, over most issues, it was either the religious right wing would be trying to ram something down our throats, or um, they would want some tax initiative, but... You know, the tax initiatives that they had for oil and gas, in other words, reducing the severance taxes that all the states have been working on uh, to erode and, and destroy, will now be reversed, and that money will be going to the Indian nations. 
So all of a sudden, we have something that the BLM movement and Antifa and Rodney King and the Watts riots and none of the Black Lives protesters could bring to the table, which is trillions of dollars of money to buy weapons. And that's right. You heard me say that. We have a greater chance for a civil war here in the United States of America than I've ever seen in my lifetime. It doesn't bother me at my age. I could go at any time, you know. I. But I'm afraid, um, from the looks of the map and what they were saying they're going to go for in, in the form of legal battles, uh, it looks to me, folks, like 75 to 80% of this nation's land is under some form of Indian treaty or another. And if they found a hole in this one, they're going to find a hole in all the others because they were all made along that same time from the same Congress. And from what I've heard of uh, them talking about the way Justice Roberts interprets it, they all could be up for grabs. In other words, all of California, you in California, your entire state could fall under the hands of five or six tribes and your government could dissolve as well. Um, Texas, same story. New Mexico, same story. Arizona, Wyoming, Colorado, all throughout the West. In fact, the only areas of land that don't fall into this deal are in the extreme Northeast. Uh, I think Ohio's largely out of it. Pennsylvania's largely out of it. Virginia's largely out of it. But it's the Northeast. You know, if you're in New York State, you're probably in good shape. But uh, the rest of the nation... It's looking pretty bad. Now, there are two ways the federal government can get out of this. One of them is if the president uses Article 5 and dissolves the government, which I don't think Donald Trump is going to do. Uh, it'd be political suicide for him before the election, and it would certainly be political suicide for him after the election. I think the military would literally force him out at gunpoint if he tried to use Article 5. The other way would be to have our Congress nullify the treaties and start over, and there appears to be no support for that. The liberal Democrats are sort of backing the notion that uh, this country needs to be segregated again. Now, here we are back to the, the conversation of segregation. Um, in, other, in other words, uh, in order to vote in these Indian tribes, you have to be a certain percentage of Native American to even vote to select the leaders that will be leading you, you know, the board members, the chief, and everything else. And uh, so if you're not, it's it's like Israel, uh, so to speak, an ethnostate, if you will, because in Israel, in order to obtain citizenship, you must pass a DNA test to prove that you're Jewish because the Jewish community considers themselves a race. They don't consider themselves white, as in white people. They have a DNA test to prove that they're Jewish. And if you can pass that test, then you can proceed on with the rest of the tests for Israeli citizenship. Essentially, you can say the same thing of the Indian nations. That is definitely an ethnostate, just like the neo-Nazis and blacks were talking about forming, uh, I mentioned earlier. Uh, it, it's a, a, a state of people that belong to that nation, that are genetically tied to that nation. Thus, segregation comes back. Correct? Because the way they do things eventually, um, by hook or by crook, you know, if you're old and you die, you may not pass your property on to your 
white errors. The property will revert back to the state. So on and so forth. And so they'll basically reclaim all that land. But they'll certainly grab um, the severance taxes on oil and gas right off the bat. Because that's billions of dollars right there in in money. Millions, if not billions. I believe it is over a billion annually just for the state of Oklahoma alone that they could put to use and divide up. On the positive side, uh, Native Americans are kind to themselves in that uh, if you happen to be uh, a certain percentage of a tribe, you know, a quarter or maybe a half uh, Cherokee, just as one example, you can get stuff like free propane. You can get a free house. Uh, they pay you uh, so much a month for living expenses. You know, they, they get some interesting things that will either stay or disappear under this new organization. We're not sure where that's going to go. So the question is, um, will they take all the land away from anyone who's not a part of the Indian nations, doesn't have Indian blood in them, uh, through attrition or taxation? You know, will they have a different tax rate for Caucasian people and black people and Chinese people, let's say, Asians, than they would for Native Americans uh, as far as property taxes goes? or income taxes. Anyway, this is all to be seen. Or will they or, or will they um, grandfather these people in and make them a part of the tribe? Who knows? And what do they do if some people refuse to be a part of the tribe? One thing's for sure, uh, criminality will change radically. I believe they'll finally legalize pot in Oklahoma. That's pretty much a... a a given in my mind but obviously things like pedophilia they're not going to treat as seriously because hey they didn't put this guy up in charges it was the state that was trying to do it and now I understand the federal government's going to put this guy up in charges he's going to spend some time in a federal penitentiary if convicted which they're saying he will be uh, and you, you you can take it as far as you can throw it with that comment but will they prosecute pedophiles you know, these are some of the things that I don't know anything about. Uh, their laws and their requirements are different from that of Caucasian nations. And I use the term Caucasian government, Caucasian nation, with all certainty. There's almost no Native American representation in our government that I'm aware of. The Oklahoma government, anyway, it, it's trivial what they have in there. There's about as much of the African-American community, the black community, in our legislature as there is Native American, which isn't that much. So, if we looked at the actual figures of the, the people uh, that were 100% full-blood Cherokee today, why, I bet you you couldn't find 5,000 of them in this state, or maybe not this nation. Same for the Creeks, same for the Choctaws, same for the Cherokee, same for the Pawnee. Um, go on down the line, folks. So the question is, can an ethnostate run itself when the population is so diluted that you might only have 300 people left in your tribe to hold this 10, 20, 30 million acres of land that you got now and taxation and everything else? And what does it mean to be an ethnostate? Further, what does it mean to start back up a Native American government that's been dormant for 100 years? 
how well is that going to work in a modern society that they just haven't had to worry about because it's all been for play up till now. But anyway, when you start taking severance taxes and you start reapplying them, which the state of Oklahoma has been turning down, so you folks up there in Con Edison that have been burning our natural gas to make your electric lights up there in the state of New York are going to get a sudden shock to the wallet, uh, higher rates and everything else, because they're going to start reactivating those same taxes that they had when I was a child, which paved all of our roadways, made all of our school systems and government buildings and made our lives much easier and happier back in the 50s and 60s that we slowly saw erode away when right-wingism came in to replace Carl Albert, the Speaker of the House, for the Democratic Party, Speaker of the House of Representatives for the United States of America. He lived down south of me um, in Hugo, Oklahoma. And, you know, we were... A a state that was largely run by Democrats, and now we're a state that's largely run by um, right-wing Christians. You know, Republican state, as you know. They, all that changed with Reagan. Reagan had some magic to the United States of America that was slowly disappearing. So, what I know of the Native Americans, well, they're right-wing as far as gun control. They didn't want any of it. But when it comes to social programs, like I said, free propane, health care, housing, stuff like that, free giveaway money, they're very liberal, almost to a progressive point. So they're a mixed bag. They're not a solid anything. And as far as incarceration goes, I think they have the fewest trials of, of any of the nations that I've ever seen. I mean, they, they don't jail people like Caucasian governments do. You know, we have... The largest community of prisoners uh, in the world in our prisons, so much so that we have privatized prisons to help help out with the uh, excess demand for imprisoning people uh, across our nation. That the Native Americans they just don't get into that. I mean, you're, you're going to see crime rise a little bit, but you'll probably see people be a little happier. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you're going to interpret that. Don't know how you're going to interpret that. Anyway, um, I'm a little upset. I just lit the wrong end of a cigarette. Isn't that terrible? Not upset enough that I'm losing sleep or anything, but, you know, the, this whole set of circumstances that have come down and what's going to happen with it. And I'm sure that you've all heard of some accounts. There's there's not much talk about this uh, this incident. Uh, very few people know that the state of Oklahoma has been turned upside down and defunct, and the state of Oklahoma has lost over half of its land mass to the Native Americans. You know, it can no longer rule in that portion of land mass. They can't try people, they won't be able to tax people, and they won't be able to administer government in any of the tribal boundaries that were established previous to. 1866. Anyway, there's um, a lot on the table here to think about. And uh, like I said, with Black Lives Matter, you'd never have an oligarch, Jewish or otherwise, dump a million or a billion dollars into an army to overthrow a government. 
But you could have some civil unrest of some kind. I'm sure it'll start out with court battles in the federal government initially um, over this oil and gas thing. But who knows where it'll go from there. I mean, all of a sudden you have a restless community of Americans who will now have oligarchs, you know, Koch brothers, whoever you want to point to. There's a lot of them down here, a lot of oligarchs. Over 180 of them uh, that are officially listed throughout Texas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma that could contribute cash to a uh, a rebel army, if you will, to to overthrow the situation. And that's the part that Justice John Roberts didn't bother to think about very carefully when he made this decision and created all this. Um, not that I'll argue with his ability to do his job or his reasoning for it. I'm sure it was completely sound that in his mind he's just cleaning up stuff that should have been cleaned up in the last hundred years and never was. But, you know, the one thing, I'm going to close this audio off on the thought that the one thing that we all need to think about with the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court uh, is a defender of the U.S. Constitution, okay, whether things are constitutional or not. When it comes to the Bill of Rights, the Supreme Court doesn't seem to notice that phrase that we have a right to life, liberty, and happiness. And I'm afraid with this decision, for a whole lot of people, their life, their liberty, and their happiness have been terminated and trampled. And I mean their life with a L-I-F-E in capital letters. Okay? Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and cut it off. And um, I think I'll leave Dev1 on this idea pad. It's running really quite well. They even have a, their own version of Signify, which is OpenBSD Signify on it that I can use. And it's it's pretty cool. So this is one Linux that I like that's not slow and doggy. And it has a lot of technological advances. Oh, did I mention that uh, it's the only operating system aside from Void that I'm aware of that... Uh, you can use to get your repos over the dark web. You know, they've got Tor access to um, some Tor site uh, that they maintain over DevOn. And I immediately put in app Tor Transport and rearranged my sources list accordingly so that I get all of my updates and any program I want to install over that. And I have installed, by the way, the flat packs. And again, I'm using the latest Firefox in a flat pack, and it's really nice. Very performant, nice. I feel secure and safer with this. So I think I'll stick with it and just play with this version of Linux for a little bit longer. Anyway, I hope I didn't uh, upset anyone with this um, with this news. Hope I don't get banned from Hacker Public Radio for talking about it. But I think we all need to think about it. I mean, in the coming years... They're going to try to take land away from not just Oklahoma, but all the states except for the ones in the Northeast, in the Northeast Industrial Belt. That's the only place that wasn't on the map that wasn't covered by an Indian territory. And every one of these treaties, which all occurred in the span of, I think, seven years, they're all going to be challenged the same way. Because there's big money in it now. We finally have the thing that Black Lives Matter and Rodney King and the Watts riots didn't have. Millions, if not billions of dollars to throw in the mix to do something with. 
And a thinking person would definitely think about that, especially if you were a Chief Justice. Good night, boys and girls. From Zen Floater, your favorite magical forest squirrel, farmer human being converted into squirrel by aliens in the 1960s, wishing you a good night. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.